Hey guys, it's Jasmini from TikTok, and you're listening to the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight. Let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 128. Not sure if there's going to be a 129, but thank you for joining. We have a great episode for you guys today. Typically, we spend a lot of time talking to and with coaches, a lot of time focusing on parents, but we don't spend a ton of time talking with actual judges. So on this episode, we dive deep into the intricacies of judging competitions with guests, Judge Mimi. In this engaging conversation, we explore Mimi's journey as a judge, her experiences behind the scenes, and the challenges she faces in the industry. Mimi shares valuable insights into what it takes to be a judge, the nuances of scoring routines, and how judges work to maintain fairness and consistency. Throughout this discussion, we get an inside look at the dedication and hard work that goes into ensuring that competitions are not only exciting for the athletes, but also maintain fair and impartial results. So whether you're a coach, a parent, or someone curious about what happens behind the scenes at cheer competitions, this episode offers an eye-opening perspective from someone deep entrenched in the world of judging. Join us today as we uncover the secrets, the challenges, and the rewards of this unique and vital role in the cheer community. But before we get into that, if you are new, welcome to the show where we are bringing cheer education and entertainment to both coaches and parents alike. And when we can, bridging the gap between parents and coaches. New episodes every Tuesday on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and on Google podcast. Quick shout out to Claire who helps us stay on top of things on IG. Shout out to Jenny who edits the pod. Shout out to my mother. Love you mom. Shout out to Sheila, Sarah, Robin, Chanel, Tamara, Heather Peterson of Flipside, Pablo representing for the cheer dads out there. Our mate Michelle, Mike the Lean, Mean, Coaching Machine, Heidi, Adam, Jasmine, Casey, Melissa from the Sweet Miss Bake Shop. Check her out on IG. Lauren Clark, The Juice, and our newest supporter but longtime friend, Bode. Say hi to me. It's my birthday, Beal. Thank you to everyone who supports the podcast. It truly means a lot to me. Every penny, every dollar counts. Everything counts. If you want to donate to the show, link in the show notes, link in the description. But if you're looking for the best free way to support the podcast. All of you guys can do this. And if you all did it right now, it would mean a ton to me. We have a new survey out, a brand new survey. We did one about 18 months ago. This one's brand new, new questions. You fill that out. It will help us create a better show. Do that right now for me. It would mean a ton. I'm the cheer director at American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life, running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone is a lady 
lady who is insightful when it comes to what it's like to actually be a judge on the panel. Without further ado, my conversation with Judge Mimi. Mimi, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, this is super exciting. I'm so glad that we've been able to connect. You've come up on my For You page every day for the last six months. So I'm so glad that you're like, on the show, we get to talk about your journey and judging and just everything. So thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you with another industry leader. Oh, thank you so much. Look at that. Industry leader. You hear that, everybody? Here you go. So Mimi, so let's start at the beginning. Let's you know dive right into your journey. So before you got into judging, just talk to me about how you got into cheerleading in general? Yeah, I was 18 years old and I was starting CJEP. I'm from Montreal originally. And so CJEP is grade 12 and the first year of university combined. And so I was starting CJEP and my CJEP had a cheerleading team and I was coming from a competitive dance background. And so I applied to be part of the cheer team. I did the audition and I actually wasn't picked that first year. Coming from the dance background, I think I just didn't have enough like muscle to actually do like what the pyramid and so on so I wasn't pick I went on the all-star route there was a team that was 18 plus the devils in Laval shout out the devils and I started training with them and I learned about cheerleading that was my first experience but we were level six at that time and that was maybe 20 years ago and so it was a lot to learn and then I got to try out again for my CJ team and I got in so that's how pretty much I started cheerleading. There we go. Good stuff. Now, real quick, I do want to take a step back Mm -hmm. before we dive like really into cheerleading and judging everything. What do you do when you're not in like the cheer space? Like when you're not judging or participating in the cheer space, like what do you do outside of cheerleading? Yeah, I'm a marketing professional. I work for a clothing brand Mm. that is called Tentree and we plant Tentrees for every item you purchase. It's a sustainable clothing brand. So I'm a marketing professional. I used to work for Lululemon before and Red Bull and I've always been in marketing so and i'm a mom so i'm mom and i work 10 trees got a lot of trees to play it so it's kind of like tom's right tom's or they give away a pair of shoes and then the other store i think exactly. it was cotton on yeah. yeah cotton on does something like that too where you everything you buy they like donate yeah. something to there we go marketing professional it's a give back program we've planted 100 million trees today so crazy pretty big impact on the world and is that based out of canada yeah based out of canada originally from regina and from saskatchewan and now moved to Vancouver, BC. There we go. Shout out to Vancouver. Shout out to Vancouver All-Stars. Liz, friend of the show, just had her on. <laughs> Dude, Vancouver's a beautiful city. I loved it out there. It was a great time. Good stuff, man. It is. I've been here 10 years now, and I don't think I'm going anywhere. Love it. All right, so now tell me, so now you're you're cheering. You're on this level 16. You made, now what'd you call it? The college uh, 12th grade. What do you guys call it? Year 12? The team was 12. called the Devils in Laval. And then I moved on to be with Grasset. It's the CJEP and it's uh, Les Phoenix, the Grasset French team, obviously. <laughs> Love it. All right. So then how do you find your way into judging? Yeah. From being on, on this team, I, 
at CJEP, I started getting an opportunity to coach, actually. So I started coaching in a high school. I had one team, a level four team, and then the program grew. So we grew it up to three teams. We had a level two, a level three, and a level four in Laval. And my teams were doing really, really well, placing well every competition. And I really love coaching the teams and I love cheerleading. And I just like really fell really hard into cheerleading from like being on a team. Then I started coaching one, two, three team. I went to university and made my cheer team also there. And at that time, we were going to a competition to do a demo with the university team, just a stunt demo for the younger level. And mm -hmm. they were sure to judge at that competition, just like day of two people canceled. And so they looked at us, we because we weren't competing, they were like, listen, we really need help. And it was a smaller competition. And it was only like, it was amicable. Like, um, it wasn't like real, real judging. They just wanted comments. And so they were like, can you jump on panel? Can you come and help? And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. We're here. We're waiting for a demo. Like, let's do it. So we started, like, I just did like comments on the sheet. And with my dance background, it was really easy for me to jump into overall choreography, like how things are built, like how you're performing and so on. So I wrote the comments for that. And then the event producer caught on to the fact that I really liked what I was doing and that I was writing quality comments. And she pretty much took me under her wing. So at that time, she, her name is Jenny Lapierre. She has a really big event production company in Quebec. And she took me under her wing and she was like, you know what? We need someone that can judge for us year round. We have a lot of competition, but we need someone in legality. And so she brought, like at that time, USASF was doing the legality training, but it was only at the regional meetings in the US. So she brought me into the US to do my training with her and another judge. And then I got to work for her every weekend from September to April and going across Quebec in a bunch of different provinces to go and do legality judging for that person. And she's really the one that told, that kind of showed me the way and showed me that I like judging could be a way to give back to the sport. And then I got injured, so I couldn't cheer anymore. And so I leaned even more into coaching and judging. And when I moved to Vancouver, I wasn't affiliated with any team. And I thought that was the best thing to do for my judging career. And so 10 years ago, I just stopped coaching and only focused on judging. And here we are now, 10 years unaffiliated. That just opened more doors for me. Yeah, there we go. So when you mean or when you say unaffiliated, explain to our audience what you actually mean by that. Now, before we get back to the show, I need you you to listen up. We've heard from many of you who are eager to dive into the preparing for full outs training, but can't make the live call. Well, we've got great news for you. We've taken your feedback to heart and transformed it into an accessible on demand online course. You can now access the preparing for full out system at your own pace whenever it suits you. No need to worry about scheduling conflicts or missing out. This comprehensive course will walk you through every step week by week, just like the live training. So whether you're a coach or an owner, this is your opportunity to equip yourself, equip your staff, and equip your teams for success as the competition season approaches. Don't wait any longer. Enroll today to start your journey towards full-out perfection. Link 
in the show notes. Yeah, unaffiliated. So uh, in cheer, it is a small and a big world, I would say. So oftentimes judges are also coaches or choreographer or have uh, their kids or someone they know at a gym. So if you are, let's say, a coach at a gym, you can't really judge your own gym or your own team. So having a judge that is unaffiliated, so not affiliated with any gym that doesn't have, that doesn't do choreography for anyone, that doesn't do coaching or clinic, or that doesn't go in any gym, so doesn't have those relationships, like close relationship with gym or athletes, just make it more fair, I would say, Mm -hmm. when it comes to competition. So there's at no point do I have to jump off panel because I'm like, oh, this is my daughter's team or, oh, this is my friend's team or this or that. I just, I'm unaffiliated. So I can just stay on panel and be fair. There we go. I told this story not too long ago on the podcast, but I used to coach at California Baptist University and we competed at NCA, you know, every year. And when I stopped coaching there, well, when I took the job at American where I'm at now as the cheer director, when I took the job here, I stopped coaching at CBU because, you know, they're about three hours away from each other. So I had to actually move to Bakersfield. And I get a text message from some random number. And it's like, hey, Jason, do you still work with CBU or at CBU? Or do you still work with CBU? And I don't know who this is. I'm like, well, who is this? I'm like, well, do you still work with CBU? Like, who is this? <laughs> and eventually she's like, it's Stephanie Amarati. And I was like, oh, hey, Steph, what's up? I'm not on payroll, but, you know, I still, you know, I go in every so often, I'll do a clinic with them or, you know, I'll do like a stunt camp with them or something like that. Or I'll go and clean them up or I'll talk with the coaches about ideas or whatever. And she's like, oh, because I was going to ask you to judge college nationals this this year, but you still work with CBU. So never mind. I'm like, ah, I couldn't judge college nationals. But yeah, so I was affiliated apparently. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I could not judge college nationals that year. But uh, but you're unaffiliated, so you can go wherever you want. Exactly. Like I would say being unaffiliated has opened so many doors for me as a judge. And like it's hard because like the only thing I want to do is go into a gym and just like help, you know? And so like, mm-hmm. but I, I understand that being an affiliated open door for me to judge summit, to judge nationals, to judge all those provincial competition, world bid events. And I'm being brought into different province and across like North America to go and judge stuff because I'm unaffiliated. So it's like, it's good in one way, but also I think that's why I started my, like my TikTok account, just because I wanted to talk cheer with people and there mm-hmm. just wasn't that opportunity other than when I was judging. And so I wanted to have that conversation more often. Yeah. And now you bring up TikTok. So let's dive into TikTok a little bit. Like I said, you've been on my For You page every day for like the last six months. So tell us how that whole thing, like why did you start your TikTok, how it got started and just like when when you started to pick up some like momentum? Yeah, that's actually a really good question. I, I started my TikTok after being at a competition and I could hear parents and coaches talking together like, oh, the judges are against us or... There was this whole like drama I felt around judging and judges being unfair and like they're like they're affiliated. They preferred this team or that team. And it was a panel full of judges that weren't from that province or even that country. And so I was like, wow, people don't think judges are human. So I saw this opportunity to just do a get ready with me to go judge a competition video and just to put this humanized face to judging that we're human too. And we're not just like those bad people behind 
2016. And so it was like the provincial competition, I think day two. And I filmed like really quickly in my hotel room, like, Hey, get ready with me. We're going to judge a competition. Here's what's going to happen today. Here's what my day is going to look like. And it picked up. I probably had like a hundred followers before that. And it got like 20,000 views in the weekend. that competition weekend and I gained like 500 followers in like a day (laughs) and I was like whoa there is like there's an interest here there's something that like people are interested and there was question and people were chatting other people like oh my god like do you think we're gonna see her on panel like oh this is so exciting and so the next weekend I was in competition in Montreal and I was like let me just try this again. Like, let's see how it goes. Same thing happened. Get ready with me. The video, I speak about like my day. I talk about the bids events. Like uh, we were doing world's bid, like the process, how it works. And then I was starting to see less cheerleader, but more parents being like, oh my God, I didn't know that's how bid work. Oh my God. I didn't know like judges were like that friendly or I have a question about this. And then the comments started rolling in and it were really interesting comments, not technical just like tell me about the cheer world tell me about like this tell me about that and so I just kept on going and we created this community where I answer questions I help people I help bring more understanding and maybe like a friendly face to what judging is there we go yeah and and I've absolutely loved it so real quick tell the people um, when they come to your page if they decide you know they're listening to the podcast right now they decide to follow you what can people really expect to get from your TikTok page or like what can they expect being a part of your just community in general if they decide to follow you today? I do a lot of ideas. So if I see some interesting creative mount or dismount, I love to post about it and just be like, hey, this would be a great dismount for this level or that level. I also do a lot of, it's very positive. So it's all about like what you can do versus what you cannot do. So I don't do any negative thing like, oh, this seems doing bad or this and that. Like you'll never see that on my page. It's all about positivity and what you can do and what you can improve a lot of education things like demystifying comments you might get on your score sheet so i speak a lot about comments i put on my score sheet and what do i mean by that so choreograph your transition like opportunity to choreograph your transition and then i go and pick some videos that i saw on tiktok and i put them together so that there's ideas of what it would mean to choreograph a transition. So a lot of education for like my target is maybe younger coaches or maybe new parents to cheerleading that are looking for more understanding of our, I say cheerleading is a cult, but like (laughs) a bit more about our cult. And so, yeah, like a lot of education, positivity, and just better understanding. And also some behind the scene of when I go and judge competition, like I bring you with me and I try to show you a little bit of what the life is because I'm often there from like 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. And so not a lot of people think that's my day, but that is my day every other weekend. And so being able to see that, that we're committed individuals, they love this sport, I think is important to humanize judging and judges. All right, let's go ahead and let's pull back the curtain a little bit more. You talked about showing people what your day is like. So give us a story, unexpected behind the scenes story from just a moment in judging. Unexpected. Like, you have to be able to roll with the punches if you're a judges, like at all time. Might that be like the position is rolling ahead. We have to like slow it down or we have to go faster. There's been 
events where we show up, there's no mats. And when the mats are showing up, we're like literally rolling mats with the people setting up the stage. Like you just have to do it. Like we're here for the kids at the end of the day. Like we're here for the kids. We're here for them to be able to perform. And if that means that I'm tossing my heels and like going with my socks and pushing a mat, like I'll just do it because that's what's required for for us to, to do to have this competition. And so I would say like that's probably one example. But yeah, I've judged competition. Like I remember this competition in Vancouver in Abbotsford. There was a snowstorm and we had to be there at seven and three out of the seven judges showed up. And with three judges, we ran a competition. And so it was slow, but we ran the whole thing. We like we had score <laughs> sheet for everyone. And so roll with the punches. That's pretty much my day. Yeah, crazy. Dude, that's insane. Three of seven. Yeah, I can't even imagine that. That's wild. That's crazy. Here you like go. If kids All and right. parents are there and people are stuck on the plane, right? You're you're just like the kids and the parents are there, like we just have to go, right? I'm not gonna tell kids, oh, thank you for driving two hours in the snow, but now go home because people are stuck on the tarmac, mm. right? It's always about the kids. <laughs> yeah, and were the families and the gyms, were they pretty understanding of the situation? Because obviously you guys had to, yeah, it took mm -hmm. a lot longer than it typically would do to do the rotations of the teams. So were the families and teams and gyms like pretty understanding about that? Yeah, they were. I think what helped us too was that we had less, there were some teams later during the day that didn't show up because of that snowstorm. And so we were able to catch up because we had less teams to go through. Mm -hmm. There we go. Yeah, that definitely helps for sure. All right, Mimi. So let's do this. Let's go ahead and get to a break. And then when we come back, let's actually talk about what it's like to be on the panel and just your life like on the actual panel judging teams. Awesome. Coaches, if we're coaching all year long, shouldn't we be learning all year long as well? Training shouldn't just happen in the summer. Coming up January 5th through the 7th of 2024, NextGen is hosting a two-day skills, business, and leadership conference in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. Featuring keynote speaker Jeff Benson, friend of the show, Callie Ray Seitzer, my old teammate, and Sean Guzman, another friend of the show. And get that mid-year tune-up we all need to finish the season strong. Learn more and get registered at ngconferences.com. Link in the show notes. And we are back. So, Mimi, let's hop into what it's like to actually be a judge on the panel. So, you mentioned this earlier, but go ahead and, you know, say it again. So, when you're up there as a panelist, as a judge, how is this broken down? Like, are you judging every single part of the routine or what? how is that actually broken down when you're up there as a judge? That's a really good question. I get that a lot also in my comments. We are broken down into different categories. So we all have a specialty. Mine is overall. I also do deduction. So you, when you do your judge training, you train into a spe specific area of the score sheet. And so usually the panel is two people in the building area, one that will do technique and the other one that will do difficulty. Same thing in tumbling. You'll get two judge on tumbling, one in technique, one in difficulty usually one person overall, one in deduction, and one in legality. So your panel is more or less two, four, six, seven, eight people that are sitting next to each other. And then we have time to discuss the routines or if there's anything that you're like, are you going to count this? So then I'm not going to count it for difficulty. But as an overall judge, I would say 80% of the time I work alone on my score sheet. 
And I'm in charge of stuff like formation and transition, creativity, overall uh, showmanship and energy, your dance, difficulty and execution. Sometimes also we have building creativity. Last year with United, we had building creativity on our side of the computer. And so, yeah, I'm in charge of only a part of the score sheet. And it's an aggregated of all the score that gives you your total score at the end of the competition. So if we don't like our score, it's not totally your fault, right? Exactly. It's a team. <laughs> You're it's partly a, responsible. Exactly. It's a team thing. <laughs> but yeah, there's more people also overseeing our, our score. So we usually have a head judge or a quality judge or sometimes both that will look over our comments and our score and making sure we're fair. So there's somebody else also checking our work. We're not just like left alone to just go. And most of us, like I would say even all of us have a training and certification that we need to do every year. And so right now we're in September and it is the time for me to renew everything. So that's what I'm doing pretty much every night. I'm renewing my United certification, my ISF, my USASF certification. And so I'm going to go through all those training and all those exams so that I can be ready for the competition ahead. There we go. All right. So now talk to us, walk us through your day as a judge. What's a typical day look like for you as a judge? Typical day. I usually wake up around like 5.30 or 6 to go judge because we have to be at the venue by 7 usually. When we arrive at 7 a.m., we meet our panel, meet our head judge, meet all the other judges and people that are going to be on panel helping us. So sometimes we have a computer person or someone that prints the sheets or um, AccuScore. And so we meet everybody. And then we usually have a judge meeting at that time around the culture and the, the vibe that we want to bring to this competition. Is it an early season competition and comments are really important? for stuff like difficulty and like trying to like up the level or are we at the end of the season and we're trying to like leave them on a good note and just be like, you had such a great season. I, I saw you three times this year. You did so great, so much better. So we're trying to like gauge the vibe of what we want for the competition. And then we usually go over score, scoring updates. So if there's anything that changed in the score sheets or anything that we've learned from previous competition, some of us, like me judge every other weekend or every weekend. So sometimes we're like, hey, we've seen a lot of this in the previous weekend. Let's try to bring this forward in this positive matter. So we're doing a lot of learnings before we go on panel. And I like when there's food usually at that time, like 7 a.m. I'm usually like looking for food and coffee and trying to fuel myself so that I'm ready to go on panel. And then usually we're just going to go on panel starting at 8 and going all the way to lunch. So lunch is usually around like 12 to 1230. So between eight and 1230, I'm sitting on panel and every six minutes, there's a new team coming out that I'm judging and writing score sheets from uh, for mm -hmm. all the way till 12. And then there's usually around half an hour to an hour break where it's award um, for the teams that have passed in the morning. And then we go and have lunch during that time. And then come back on panel and it's usually around on average it's three blocks during the day where you so you do like a morning an afternoon and like a night block and you just do it all over again the next day <laughs> right, right, right. 
Okay. So now I want to ask you this. Three biggest complaints in industry, the cost of the industry, the score sheet, and the judging. Mm -hmm. You're really only responsible for the judging, but they talk about favoritism and biased judges. So talk to me about how can we trust that the scores are accurate and not biased or showing favoritism? Yeah, that's a really good question because we we hear that too. And there is no favoritism. That's a weird thing. Like I would say judging in Canada and the US, I see a big difference in how coaches and parents are talking about the judging panel. Like it is very different. Like coaches will come in Canada and be like, I'm not sure I understand this. Like, can you explain it to me? And they're going more on the education route. Like, tell me more about this comment. I really want to make sure I understand all of it. Whereas I feel like when we're in the US, there's a lot more like, I'm going to go fight this, you know, I'm going to fight for our score and for this. Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of difference first between Canada and the US. The, but in terms of like fairness, it's not just one person. So even if one person had a favor for something else, because they're one on the panel, it kind of balances it out. And then because you have your mm -hmm. ACU score and your head judge that looks over everybody and make sure it's fair, you usually wouldn't be able to like go by if you were a biased judge, like you wouldn't get rebooked on an event. We have like a lot of pride in being fair and running a fair and fun event and like making sure the customers are happy. And so you don't get booked if you're biased, pretty much. Yeah, there we go. So now let me ask you, as a judge, which is with all this, you know, stuff happening, what do you feel would help you out more as a judge in the industry? Like what could change about the way we judge or like our score sheet? Like what would help you out the most as a judge? Well, I feel like Liz touched on that last time, but having one score sheet, I feel would be great. Like in Canada, we don't change our score sheet that often. Like we're on IFF, it's been the same for like the past two years. And so it's easier to like as a judge because I know this score sheet in and out I see a team and I'm like this is an like eight out of ten team for transition like because I've seen so many other teams so like it's like recorded in my brain when I have to mm -hmm. switch there's some competition that runs international score sheet and united score sheet when I have to switch in between the two different types of scoring it's sometimes it's really tricky to just be like oh wait a second like we're not counting it that way we're not seeing it that way there's different philosophy. So I would say one score sheet would be like where my, like that's my hope for the industry. You know, I would also want like one world. Mm -hmm. Like if you win the world, you didn't win US world or international world. You know, you won mm -hmm. world, everybody. Together. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm not sure why we still have someone smarter than me is going to tell me why we still have, you know, the USASF and the IASF competing at the same world championship and have two different, you know, but not against each other. Yeah, but not against each other. Yeah, right. So the new news came out about and this kind of ties into like the bias or the favoritism, but Kara just rolled out. So Infinity just rolled out Kara. I know that you saw it. So give me mm -hmm. your initial thoughts on Kara based on what you've known, what your initial thoughts on it right now yeah i'm actually excited to know more about it i feel like if i'm looking at other sports i feel like there is more technology infused in other sports than it is in cheerleading like from a judge's perspective like we just have computer for the past like three years writing comments you know three to five year so it's like technology is pretty new to catch up with cheerleading but if you're looking at other sports like 
hockey, they have video replay, NFL, they have the yellow line that are on the TV so you can see where the first down is and like you can like follow it like through the play, you know, I feel like it might be, I'm curious to see how it changed the industry, but I think it might be a positive thing. It's, we see like 150 routines sometime in a day. And so having maybe that tool that will help us with stuff like, hey, we're seeing 22 kids tumble at the same time. Like one person didn't do the exact same path that would probably help then versus stopping and going in slow-mo on our replay. So I could see there's a need for that, but I also understand that it's a change for the industry and some people might be on the fence about it and might be like, whoa, whoa, like we're not changing everything, you know? So I'm curious mm-hmm. to see how this season plays out and then what comes out of it. Yeah, and real quick, just for all of our listeners out there, this episode should release after our episode with Allison Ditko from Infinity. So you probably already listened to me have a whole conversation about Kara, <laughs> and now you're listening to me not have a conversation. Like, I'm like, I'm not sure what to expect of it. But yeah, and you mentioned kids tumbling, right? And like, oh, this kid didn't throw the same pass everyone else. And there's lots of smoke and mirrors in cheerleading, right? Oh, we're going to throw we're going to pretend like this kid threw this. I remember Mm -hmm. when I was coaching at Pacific Coast Magic, my wife was still here at American. And I remember they always have kids do cartwheels during the back walkover section. And I remember our coaches being so frustrated because they had to compete against my wife's team. And my wife would be like, oh no, not all these kids had back walkovers. Like the whole back row did cartwheels. And us being like, they did cartwheels. Are you kidding me? And so like AI would be able to catch stuff like that instead, you know, because there's, there's, lots and lots and lots of smoke and mirrors that judges or not judges that coaches pull off to try to fool the judges so you know ai would definitely help with the fakies because i believe me i have done a lot of fake stuff in routines before to try to fool a judge so the amount of like you see it also in twisting mounts like they start not really with the right angles like some start at like they do like a full up some do a three-quarter up like that's also like then we have to go and stop and scroll video like I think that will help for that I made a video where I showed a perspective from when we were judging summit like what you could see and the the amount of comments when I was like we see everyone on the team the amount of comments that were like oh my god I was hiding in the back or like did they see me and I was like we see you you're hiding in the back like we literally see you <laughs> we see you girl you ain't fooling anybody there you go good stuff all right baby we're gonna get to another break you know we'll come back and we're gonna get some uh, advice from you to the, all the coaches out there cool You guys always hear me talk about Sounds Like That, the official music producer of the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. Well, Sounds Like That is actually part of a bigger music team, Power Music. Power Music, your number one source for licensed cheer and dance music with over 750 pre-made mixes. These pre-made mixes are perfect for a variety of teams, including half-year teams, prep teams, novice, school, dance, and more, with prices starting as low as $15. Say it louder for the people in the back, as low as $15.50. 
full two minute and 30 second tracks are available for just $95. You can easily find the perfect mix for your team, no matter the budget, but that's not all. You can also customize your mix with voiceovers, sound effects, song swaps, and more. With instant downloads available, you can have your perfect mix ready today if you wanted. Head on over to PowerTierMusic.com and use the promo code LTC10 for a 10% discount on your purchase. Link in the show notes. All right, Mimi. So, and just so you know, we have a lot of, I kind of feel like our audience is kind of same, like, as you mentioned before, we have a lot of young coaches, we have a lot of experience and seasoned coaches as well, but a lot of young coaches and a lot of parents who just want to be educated on the sport that their child is so invested in. So let's talk to our coaches right now. And after watching so many routines, you know, you watch all these routines, you've been watching them week in and week out for years, give our coaches some advice that you just want to tell all of them from just like, guys, this is what you need to be doing as a program, just based on your experience up on the panel. Absolutely. I think I have three that are coming to mind when you're saying that. The first one is execution. Like, don't try to push difficulty too much that it like, that it takes away from your execution. Like something that will be easier, but executed with so much confidence and so much perfection will look better and will score better than a higher difficulty and everybody's shaking and you see it on everybody's face like, ah, I'm falling, you know? So like that would be my first thing, execution, like really, really nailing that down. Second one is the over the years, the cheerleading panel have been moving, like the judges panel have been moving up and up and up. And we see a lot of kids that are performing to their parents, like performing down. And we're at the top and we only see like top of their head. So like if you guys can like train your kid to look up and like look like higher in the stadium, like longer, further, like that would open their chest and like increase the confidence display, but also increase like the connection with the judges and the rest of the crowd. That would probably be my second advice. And my third I often put on score sheets the comments like what makes this uniquely yours. There, There's a lot of routine that looks the same and it doesn't have to be a theme, but having something that is uniquely yours to either your gym, to your team, could be a repetition in emotion that is yours, you know? And so that makes it a signature and makes it like different so that we catch on to it because all the routines sometimes they all look the same, like a medium level execution of a level one routine might look the exact same through throughout, but having that special thing that is like, oh yeah, we're recognizing this is this gym or this is this team that makes like a cut through the noise. And then that makes us remember you more. Yeah. So what's it like real quick? This is just kind of off script, but what's it like? Cause you mentioned like seeing a team multiple times throughout the season. Like what's that like for mm-hmm. you as a judge? Are you grading them harder the next time you see them because you expect it to be, you know, we're a little bit further along in the season. So are you grading them harder because you expect it to be better or how does that work for you as a judge? It really depends. Actually, there's some team like, because usually there's two panel during a competition, Sometimes you'll be on like panel for level one and then the next competition you're on the panel for level two. So you're actually not seeing the same team. 
but you might like be finished judging and then you're seeing that level one team you saw like the previous weekend. So you might be like, oh, or like the previous month. And you're like, oh, great. They made some like change or some tweaks. In terms of like having higher expectation, that's not really how the score sheet is designed. So like, it's not about like my expectation. It's more about their execution. And so like, we know as an industry what clean and wow routine looks like. And that is what will bring you in like the top part of the routine, like the top part of the scores, like the eight to 10 or the four to five. And so unless like, it's either you're one of those team or you're not. And so like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if I'm expecting you to be there. It's it's what you put on the mat. So like, if if you put it on the mat one time, then you're your four to five team, your eight to 10 team, and like you will score in that score. But if you're, yeah, I don't really have expectation for team. There's some team that comes out and I'm like, can't wait to see what they cut. Like they do this this week, you know, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, there's always like, it's never the same, like five teams that I see week in, week out. Yeah. All right. Now another question for you, more advice for coaches. What are coaches doing to make judging the routine harder for you? For the younger team, counting too fast or counting out loud in the front that is so much harder for us to to judge the routine because a big part of like those young teams the novice team the minis and so on like having being able to remember a routine is a big part of the score sheet it's on the score sheet like ability to remember the routine without the coaches like implication and so being in the front and just screaming at them and like pointing and being like and then they're waiting for your cue to go and like do their dive roll like it just it it makes it more confusing than if they were just there and trying it you know Mm -hmm. counting too fast for (laughs) small kids too that's the other one counting too fast for small kid like if you have like a a prep team like level one like i don't know you eight so under eight and then you're counting you're taking an old routine of yours and you're going like one two three four five six seven eight one three five like it's just too fast (laughs) so it's like i always say count like the end so instead of going like one two three you'll go one and two and three and you know so like then when you're only counting the full number it goes one two three and it's just much slower and the kids can catch on to that you know yeah <laughs> good stuff man yeah we have eight billion it is a. I actually told this story not too long ago i was out front in front of one of our teams it was our i can't remember if it was our tiny novice or our tiny prep team but it was one of our tiny teams and i'm out front and i just put my thumbs up telling them they did a good job great job guys and one kid was looking directly at me and she thought i was telling her to do a high v <laughs> So she did her IV and I was like, no, not a IV kid. I'm just trying to say good job. So you know, those kids are, are looking dead at their coaches trying to figure out, you know, what they should be doing at that point in their routine. So I didn't mean to distract you. If I was distracting, <laughs> judge me, me, please, please forgive me. <laughs> Here we go. All right. I want to talk about some of the challenges that you have as a judge. What's the hardest part about being a judge? Oof. I'm like, I, we, I could go so many direction with this that I would say... Like one hard thing is like finding your next gig. Like I personally, like I'm always looking like, is there like, I I have like my event producer, my regular event producer, and like I'm being booked like a year in advance. So in April, I'm being booked for the season ahead. But if there's a cancellation or a change, like always finding the next thing, like I find this really hard. I wish it was like a bit more not regulated, but maybe like there would be an agency for like 
to your judges and then we all go through there like it's a lot about who you know and it makes it hard for like younger kids to try to like come up you know so like when I when I receive an email like hey we're missing a judge on this panel like I always have like a bunch of kids that I know I've worked on other panel with and then I like help and I know their quality and I'm trying to bring them along for the ride because I know it's been so hard for me to like like penetrate this industry and like make it to those big competitions so I'm trying to bring more kids with me so that it's a bit easier for them maybe opening the door the other thing that is hard with judging is that it's thankless job like you mm -hmm. get more you hear more parents in the corridor and coaches in the corridor like shitting on the like their notes than people being like oh my god thank you so much for judging this competition and so you mm -hmm. have to have a thick skin and be able to show up like every other weekend or every weekend for like 30 hours sometimes and just be on panel and you can't expect no one to be like, thank you so much for sending me to Worlds. Like, that's not going to happen. So you have to get your motivation mm -hmm. from elsewhere so that you can keep showing up every weekend to like be there to judge you know you're in the shadow yeah for sure hey Mimi I want to thank you for all your hard work because we don't you know it is like you said it's a thankless job and most of the time you're hearing negative like the only time people want to talk to judges is to say something negative to them like oh you know are you blind out there how'd you miss this or whatever so Mimi from the bottom of my heart I really do appreciate you and all the judges out there because tapping into you know judges have really made me a better coach like getting all all the judges who've sat down and talked to me about like what they see on the panel and like how they process things or their interpretation of what I was doing out there on the floor, like all the judges who like seriously took their time to talk to me. And it's been a bunch of them because I've had a lot of questions over the years have really like shaped me into the coach that I am. There's things like I just won't do in a routine because of all the judges who took their time to like sit and talk and chat with me about how they see things from, you know, the judges panel. So thank you. Now, if I wanted to become a, a judge and you know join this thankless job how would i go about doing that i'm you know i'm 18 years old i just you know just graduated and i think i want to be a judge how would i go about doing that yeah it's the thing is it's not centralized so it's different depending on where you live and they're like it's i find it even harder in the u.s because you guys have like pop warners and like uh, the varsity and like people outside of like other competition outside of varsity so it's not centralized so if you're in Canada, what I would say is go through your provincial association. So for example, BC Cheer Sports in BC or Quebec Cheer in Quebec or the Ontario Federation for Cheer, OFC in Ontario, you go through them. They usually have a training around now. So like August, September, October, you'll have a training, you'll learn from a judge, and then you'll be able to shadow a judge. So somebody that has a lot of your experience in the area that you're trying to specialize in, and then you'll sit with them on panel and they'll give you, they'll show you what they write on their sheet. You'll be able to see their computers, their handwritten notes, you'll discuss scores with them. And then they'll help you maybe like develop your eye for like what judging is. And then if you're in the US, I know that varsity on their website, you can apply to be a judge. So I would say that's one way to go. You could go and apply to be a judge. Being on staff at like a UCA camp or a varsity camp or something like that always help like creating those connections or reaching out to event producers that you know around your region and being like, hey, I'm looking to shadow a judge. I'm looking for this opportunity to like be on panel and learn would probably be how I would do it. I don't know if this works really because 
I'm not fully sure, but there's all of those like cool system in the US of like cheerleading that I'm super unaware of. So just like keep that in mind, like high school judging, I've never done it. So I don't know about that. (laughs) I feel you. All right, here we go. Last question before we get to our final break. But is there a division that is particularly harder than other divisions to judge, maybe because of their skill level or their team size? I guess like I love the variety of it. Like even being at Summit and being like stuck in a sense on the same level the whole time. I love this. Like it's just, I, mm-hmm. I feel what's hard is jumping. Let's say you're doing three teams in level one, two teams in level six, you're going back to level one, but now you're not in like mini, you're like, you're not in U8, you're in U10. And then you're jumping, like the jumping back and forth is what I find hard, but seeing the same thing for a long period of time is more fun in a sense because it's easier to compare mm-hmm. yep there we go all right mimi let's get to our final break and then we're gonna ask you our final four questions let's do it gym owners do you find yourself working 100 hour weeks and then did you know that being underpaid and undervalued is the number one cause for owner burnout the business coaches at next gen some of my good friends can help you get out of that rut they in fact are gym owners themselves so they been in your shoes. The next gen coaches work alongside gym owners to help them grow their programs and build their profits. So if you want to learn more about how next gen can help you book a call at nextgenowners.com. All right, Mimi, here we go with our final four questions. So tell us what needs to start, stop, or change in the industry. Okay. Start, I would say, see like we were talking about like pricing in the industry and how it's super expensive. I would love to start to see more scholarship being offered and like say scholarship, but it could be like scholarship towards tuition and all-star, like just making it more affordable for everybody. It's a sport I love. And I think it's a really inclusive sport for like all bodies, all ability. Like we need small people, tall people, strong people, Mm -hmm. like people that are slim. Like I just feel like it's a really inclusive sport, but I think the price is a hard sometimes to like pill to swallow. So I would love to like start some kind of like a scholarship or a way to make it more affordable for people continue i would say let's continue i feel like we've been on a good tangent since back to covid of like live event and like just like gyms seeing other gyms like i've seen some cool thing like those pins you know on backpacks that people are like just Mm -hmm. pinning like just that friendly like rivalry with teams and just like really being inclusive of everyone like i i love seeing that i like the amount of pins sometimes i leave with my backpack and i'm like how did people get me i was on panel for like eight hours like (laughs) when did that happen but i think that's funny like it just brings you this like sense of community no matter what gym you're at and i would say let's continue that and stop this is going to be like selfish a little bit, but I would say let's stop shitting on judges because the comments are there to help. And like, it's not about fighting for your score, but it's about being fair. And so like, just let's stop thinking that those, the judge are the panel are all those bad people. And we're the good people, you know, we're like out there performing, like we're all one industry and we're all one. So if we can just start thinking that we're all one and that we're all here for the same purpose is the love of the sports. And I would say that's my, that's what 
I would love. There we go. Now, let me ask you real quick, you know, because we don't really have too much interaction with judges, like the average person just doesn't get the opportunity just to talk to a judge. Mm -hmm. How can we practically go about if we wanted to thank judges, like someone listens to this podcast, like, yeah, I want to show appreciation to my judges. Like, how could they do that? It's the way like judges were incognito in the corridors, like going to and from the washroom, going to and from like the dinner room or like the lunch room. And so it's how you talk about it with your athletes and your parents and your other coaches. So being like, oh my God, this was such a great comment. We can do so much about it. Like that is even more thankful for us to like hear you guys talking about this together and feel like there's a positive vibe around it versus being like, there's a bad, there's a good. So I would say if you want to like thank mm-hmm. a judge, like you don't just apply your comments. It's pretty much like, we'll see it at the next competition and we'll be like, yeah, this is my comment. This mm-hmm. is so great, you know? There you go. All right. Okay, so any rumors, myths, or narratives that you want to take this time to debunk? I think one thing that like, maybe it's more awareness. One thing that people don't know is that there's probably like 1000 judge in like North America judging across competition, like it's not always the same people. And so there's a lot of us so we can generalize anything. So just keep that in mind when you're on a panel, like you don't know who's there, like you don't know who's judging you at that competition that week. And you can't assume that is the same people as last time, because you're in the same region we're being flown all across the country. And so it's oftentimes not the same panel. And so if you're getting the same comments from like two different judges, you should probably apply it. <laughs> it should probably apply it, kid. There you go. I feel you. Yeah, it's uh, like when, I'm, when like my wife and I are coaching together or, you know, me and another coach are coaching together and we both say the same thing to the same kid at the same exact time. We're like, we didn't plan on that. Like you should probably apply that correction. So yeah, you keep getting the same comment about the same part of your score sheet every weekend. They might be onto something. Yeah. It's not because we're unfair or it's not because we're like biased. It's probably because we're trying to tell you something, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're looking at like my calendar, like I am barely in the same region. Like I'm in BC a bit more because that's my home province, but I I'm going to Colorado, I'm going to California, I'm going to Florida, I'm going on the east coast of the US, I'm going to Australia, I'm going on the east coast of Canada. So like, you can't just expect that it's the same judges, because sometimes I have to say no to local event because I'm gone. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, for sure. No, I feel you. We'll see you uh, in California, maybe. We'll see. Maybe we'll run into each other. And if I see you, I'm going to wave. and I'm going to make sure you know, that way yeah. I can get some uh, some biased <laughs> judging. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so who else should we have on the show? I would say, have you ever had Jibril, the ISF director? You know what's so funny? Liz just said the same thing. Liz literally said we need to have him on the show. So two people. So now two He's different good. people. He's great. I've just said it. I got to take, I got to apply it. Two different judges have said it. So, all right. I got, I got to do it. would be great to have him and his brother together. There you They're go. twins. Yep. Would be an awesome podcast. I would hundred percent listen yeah. to that. All right. J- Jamil and Jabril. All right. Here we go. I'll, uh. I'll look into it. I actually text him. I text him not too long ago. So yeah, I'll, as soon as we get off this call, I will text them up and see if they can come on the pod. You, you did it two, two in a row. So we got to make it happen. All right. Two in a row. Here we go. All right. So now judge Mimi, let the people know where can they follow you online? Follow your journey. You mentioned you do a bunch of get ready with me's get ready with me. You do a bunch of those. So how can people follow you online? If they want to, you know, be a part of your community. Yeah. My first platform is TikTok. I'm at judge 
Mimi on TikTok. And then I upload the videos also on Instagram, but I oftentimes forget. But you can follow me on Instagram also at Judge Mimi, Judge dot Mimi. I'm sorry. Yeah, TikTok and Instagram. TikTok, I answer a lot of comments. So if you have a question or if you're wondering about something, post it in the comments. And oftentimes I go through the comments either with video or with text and I answer all of them. There we go. All right. We're going to start communicating via TikTok. We become TikTok buddies. So anyway, <laughs> Mimi, you have been great. Thank you so much for coming on. Best of luck this the rest of this season. And you are welcome back anytime. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, let's talk cheer podcast listeners. Although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you want to hear the stories of the best athletes in the industry doing it at the highest level and their perspective on how to change the narrative of the sport, then the Spill the Cheer podcast with Tony G is for you. Check one of them out, check them all out, and I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching the Let's Talk to Your podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.